Welcome to the Let's Remember This podcast where we're taking time to slow down, sit down, and spend time in scripture. So wherever you're at, wherever you're listening, I encourage you grab a pen, grab your Bible, a notebook, and let's not only read scripture, but let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak and let's remember this. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another week. We took last week off, um, so I'm excited to be back with you all. Last week, I was traveling. I had the incredible honor of getting to spend a few days with other women lead pastors from across the country, which was such a gift. And I know I tried earlier in the year while I was in LA for something, um, another thing with some pastors, I had tried to record and it was just like not the same quality, wasn't able to get it really done well. And so I thought, you know, we're just going to take a break and we'll come back fresh with Galatians 4 this week. And so that's what we're doing today. We are diving into Galatians chapter 4. And I have been reading along last week, kind of just prepping and um, yeah, just taking a pause to kind of meditate on the scripture a little bit more, which is so always so good for my soul. Um, And so I hope that you were able to maybe go back and catch up or meditate on scripture a little bit more. I am also doing a video today. So I'll post this on my YouTube, um, which is just, I believe it's just Abby Sawchuk is my YouTube. So um, we'll see. You know, I've talked about maybe in the coming new year as we kind of continue this journey of going back and maybe recreating a actual, uh, let's remember this YouTube to have more videos there. So we'll see, um, to be determined or announced as we get there. But today we are going to be reading out of Galatians chapter four, verses one through seven. Um, and so if you want to go ahead and just kind of posture your heart, position your body, your mind to receive what it is that the Lord has for us today, Um, Because like every day, we know that when we wake up in the morning, it's not just a day for us to survive, but it's a day that we get to commune with our Heavenly Father. It's a day that we get to be present with Him, a day that we get to honor Him, that we get to love Him, we get to worship Him with everything that we do, and we get to be in this constant conversation with our Heavenly Father through His Word, through His Spirit, through other people, through creation. And so just want to encourage you that as in that as we get started, that whether you're driving to work or you are at home getting ready for the day, um, that God wants to speak to you. Yes, you. He wants to speak to you. So as I read this, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would do just that. Would you speak? Galatians 4, 1 through 7 says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, Those are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's what the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to be to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us at his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word that we know is still alive and active today. And we just ask that you would help us as we read this to receive it and to remember it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. A lot of times in scriptures like this, when it starts talking about slaves and masters, it can be a little tricky to read. Um, there's a lot of weight in that language, in that word, and can represent a lot of pain, um, a lot of trauma. And so I always have sometimes a hard time reading scriptures where it uses those types of analogies. But what I was reminded of this morning as I was reading this is that Part of the reason that Paul is using this type of language is because he's using Exodus language. You see the Israelites, the Jewish people uh, who remember Galatians, he's kind of going back and forth with of, of trying to share with them the true gospel. They would have known the stories, right? They would have known the, the lives of their ancestors that were slaves in Egypt, that were under captivity to the Egyptians. And so because of this, this slave language was something that made sense to them. And it also, even though we know that this was God, not God's intent for people to live, um, that this is how some people in the Bible, they lived. They lived as slaves. And we know that even in our day and age, um, that there is still the tragic reality that people still live captive as slaves. And so he's using this and, and these verses are never to say like, oh, look, there was slavery in the Bible, anything like that, but rather to just speak this language of he's saying, okay, you're going to understand this if I talk to you um, this way, if I talk to you about, about slavery. And so he's saying here, and the verses we're focusing on is verse one and two, where it says, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up even though they actually own everything their father had. So he's saying, you know, technically at that point, like the slaves would have had no right to any possessions or anything. So he's saying you, until it's the time that your father dies, you're not going to receive that inheritance and you're just a child. And you have that same kind of, you don't only have any possessions. Nothing is truly yours. Verse two, it says they have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set whatever age their father said. I'm going to read this just so we have a little translation, another translation too. I'm going to read verses one and two in the ESV. It says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything, but he is under the guardians and managers until the date set by his father. He's under the guardians and the managers until the date set by his father. So, um, like I mentioned, these verses can be a little bit tricky and they're a little bit hard to, to read and to use these types of analogies. But really what I was drawn to today was this idea of inheritance and not until the father dies. If a father dies and leaves inheritance, that part is what I was stuck at. And we're going to get to later, kind of like the managers and the guardians. I just, I don't know, I have a feeling that's going to come up later this week. As you guys know, um, kind of the way that we do this podcast is... I'm really just waking up and I'm spending time in the word and I'm just listening and to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me and I'm sharing that with you. And so even tomorrow, I'm like, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Maybe we'll continue to talk about guardians. Maybe we won't. But I was thinking so much about this idea of inheritance and you don't receive that inheritance until the father dies. Um, and so as I was asking the Holy Spirit questions of, okay, like, why is it standing out to me? And and here's what I see here in this scripture is that when we talk about inheritance and receiving an inheritance, 
if you look at biblical examples, it always was this, that, that Old Testament, like that cultural, it's you get an inheritance when someone dies. And that's still how it is for us today, right? You typically don't get your inheritance until the person giving you the inheritance has died. So this can be maybe a morbid, you know, example of thinking of, but I started to think of like how many times in my life am I looking when things aren't going the way I want them to, when things in my life are maybe dying, for lack of better words, am I only focusing on the death and I'm not seeing that that death made way for an inheritance in the same way that Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection made way for us to receive the inheritance of eternal life. And it really started to make me wonder today of are there things in my life that need, that God is saying, I have so much I want to give you. I have so much I want to do in your life. If you would just put these things to rest, if you would just set these things aside, if you would just kill off these things in your life, I have an inheritance for you. I have something so much better than the way that you are trying to live right now. But sometimes in order for us to receive those things, other things first have to die and be put to death. And so I'm reflecting today in my own life on this idea of an inheritance coming after something dies. And again, I know this is kind of morbid. And so I'm sorry for the morbid illustration today, but that's really where my head was going of just thinking, okay, Jesus, when you died on the cross, that's when we receive our inheritance. And there's things in my life that the Lord wants to do and could it be that what is weight what's causing this delay or could it be that the very thing that is needs to happen in order to receive this inheritance is for me to put some things to death in my life and so that's just kind of what I'm thinking on today that's what I'm reflecting on that's what I'm remembering is is this idea of an inheritance coming after someone dies and being passed down and recognizing that there's things that the Lord wants to do in my life, that there's things that the Lord wants to do in your life. And so ask yourself today, are there habits? Are there um, maybe even relationships that aren't helpful anymore that you're seeing, okay, maybe I need to, to rethink who I'm spending my time with. Maybe I need to rethink what I'm spending my time doing and put some habits to death in order to receive the life that the Lord truly has for you in that inheritance. So that's what I was thinking of today as I was reading this. Um, and of course, my head was also going in a lot of different directions of recognizing that sometimes it's hard to read illustrations like this and, and all of those things. And so I know that this week and as we continue in this chapter that I really, truly believe the Lord's going to speak to us like he does every single day. And I'm thankful for all of you listening on this journey. So I'm going to read this again, just these verses in Galatians 4 verses 1 through 7, think of it this way, if a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set, and that's the way it was before, with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us, his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his 
air. All right, everyone, enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you have a great start to your week and we will see you tomorrow.